Good morning. As uh, Karenza said, you have the joy of hearing the same passage twice this morning. Um, But we thought that that would be okay because actually the messages seem to be very different. So we're going to start by reading Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So at the moment we are now coming into a new sermon series, if you like, and today's talk is about identity. I have a significant birthday this week. Please don't guess how old I'm going to be. 21! I had kids at a very young age. So, um, anyway, we, me and David have this little bucket list of things that we're working through. And one of the things on the bucket list that I always wanted to do, and some of you may have heard about this because I pretty much told everybody I met where I was going, um, was I wanted to go and see the Northern Lights. So in February, me and David left our children with my parents, and we went off to Reykjavik. We booked a load of excursions, and one of the excursions was a trip out to sea to go and see the Northern Lights. Just about to see it. This is a reflection of my photography skills. (laughs) Very poor. I'm working on it. So we went out to sea, and... The first night, we didn't get to see them. Although it was clear skies, they just didn't make an appearance other than a faint green rainbow in the sky, which you could just about make out through a camera. Uh, But it was really wonderful. They gave us another free trip back. And so on the last night, we were only there for four nights, we went back on the boat. Uh, The skies were clear. And I said to God, for my significant birthday, I would like to see the Northern Lights, and he delivered. He brought out a wonderful display of Northern Lights. Now, one key thing about seeing the Northern Lights is you don't see them from the center of Reykjavik, really, because there's too much light pollution. You have to go out to sea, you have to get away from it, or you have to go inland, away from all the lights, so that you can actually see the amazing display of Northern Lights. Now, why am I talking about the Northern Lights? Well, it reminded me of how things can be with God. Sometimes, to get clarity, we need to go away. Sometimes, to see something of God, to hear him, it means coming out of the hustle and bustle. It means stepping aside and coming away. And today, we're looking at identity when our lives to Christ become transformed in him. When we're born into eternal life, we no longer serve the world. And um, we come away with God and find out who we are in him. And he gives us our identity and he tells us and establishes us as a child of God, as we sang about earlier. And it also says in our reading today that where our treasure is, that that is where our heart will be also. Who here has a detailed understanding and idea of what heaven is going to be like? No one. Right. That's pretty much what I expected. And 
when we talk about investing treasure in heaven, it's hard to invest our hearts in a place that perhaps, maybe for some of you, you feel disconnected from. You see, it can be quite easy to see heaven as separate to our own lives now. It feels distant, it feels untouchable, sometimes maybe unfathomable. And we don't know what it will look like or be like or how relationships work out there, what, how we relate to God there. And yet we're in called to invest our lives according to our heavenly identity, not our earthly one. We're told in the Bible verse today to store up our treasure there. How do we do that if we feel totally disconnected to it in everyday life? Randy Alcorn, in a book called The Treasure Principle, says, I'm convinced that the greatest deterrent to giving is this, the illusion that earth is our home. It's really easy to be distracted in everyday life to the here and now, to earth and all that that demands. And whether you're thinking about what Carenza was talking about earlier as giving financially or even giving of our time or power or whether you're sacrificing for others, we can easily get lost in our existence now and today being on earth. And our trust can easily swing towards what we know. We can sooner trust in our own ability to provide for ourselves, to look after ourselves more than trusting in God. We live in a very postmodern era which tells us that our identity is really important. We can fight to fit in or we can fight to stand out. We do various personality tests. And I'm not saying that these things are wrong. I actually quite enjoy a good personality test. Um, Many of you at the church I know also enjoy personality tests. We've maybe done those things a lot. Um, But without connection back to God, there can be an overemphasis on me and who am I. And as a culture, we're raising up a lot of individuals. We're swinging in our direction that lets us choose who we want to be. Now, I don't want to oversimplify here and don't hear stuff that I'm not saying. I have journeyed with a lot of people who struggle with identity and working out who they are because of various things that have happened in their lives. And we're called to walk and love with people who are trying to work that out. And that is great and that is good. But actually, when our identity is disconnected from God, we lose out. When it's not connected back to him, when our identity is not in him, we miss out on the freedom of who we get to be in him. God said to me as I was praying over a year ago, he said, your identity is not served. Your identity serves me. Your identity is not served. Your identity serves me. All that we are is called to bring glory to God. I'm called to glorify him, even when that's outside of what is comfortable for my personality type. Overly looking at myself ends me up in strife, not freedom. I need to look at him and work it out with him. I used to feel like I had the wrong personality for this job. Because to be honest, you need to be a fairly robust human being. You know, as well as the joys and the privileges of leading, 
it also is a challenge at time, you know? And that's okay. But I thought that because my personality did not feel robust enough, because I was a sensitive human being, that maybe I couldn't therefore do this job. But actually what God has done is he's taught me. He's taught me how to be robust in him. He's taught me that my identity is at its most secure in him, not in the view of other people. And God spoke to me through a picture a while ago. Um, I don't know whether any of you have ever seen The Sword in the Stone. It's an old, I don't know whether it was done by Disney, but it was um, a cartoon. And um, you may have all heard the story of King Arthur. Have I got the detail right there? It is King Arthur, yeah. Sometimes can get names wrong. Um, and there was a sword in a stone... <laughs> And basically, the person who was to pull out the sword was going to be the king. And everybody came and tried to pull out this sword, hoping that they would be king. But actually, there was this sense that the strongest would be able to do it. And in the end, the person who pulled out the sword was a little boy. Not because of his strength, but because of who he was. That he was called to be a king. And God spoke to me about this picture. Because, just go with me on this metaphor a minute. The Bible is like the word of God, right? The Bible is our sword. And God told me that the more sure I am of who I am in him, the more I'm able to wield this sword. The more I'm able to use the sword for his glory. And it's an identity thing. The more I know who I am in him, then I can lift up this sword and use it and do some damage and good with it. Damage, you know, in the best sense of the word. So... I've realized that I'm a citizen of heaven more than I am of the earth. When you know that your identity is in him, you can put the sword to good use because Holy Spirit is with you 24-7. And you see, we need to spend our lives cultivating our love of heaven. It gives us a paradigm shift for how we hold ourselves on earth and changes what's valuable to us when we cultivate a love of heaven and God. C.S. Lewis says, I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that other country and help others do the same. We need to let Earth's grip of us go. And maturing in the faith is doing this. The more I've set my heart heavenward and looked into what heaven is like, it's easier for me to set my vision on it. It's easier to give up various pleasures and possessions and power now so that I can obtain them in the next world. And actually, what I've found is that the more I've looked into what heaven is like, the more I'm excited for it. Luke 14, 14 says, Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Now here it's talking about inviting people to your house for a meal that, you, that they cannot invite you back. But it, again, it, there's so much in the Bible about investing into our, where we will be in heaven instead of investing into earth. And it's, easily, it's easy to slip into orientating our our lives into the pleasures 
and to run away from death like it's this bad thing. Now, some of you may have heard me say before, but it feels right to share it again, that God once really challenged me on my parenting. So one of my goals as a parent was to help my kids avoid death and disaster. Um, And I did this in a very vocal way. I would overly focus on dangerous things and what might happen to them if they were to run into a road or something like that. Um, But God told me and challenged me, and he said, I don't want you to parent this way. But instead, I want you to teach them how to respect their life because it is a gift from God. Instead of teaching them to fear death, I teach them to respect their life. Do you get the difference? It's quite subtle, but actually we're called to the same. We're not called to fear death. We're called to honor our lives because God has given you them life, your life, and it's a gift. It slightly backfired when my kids did dangerous things, and I would say, hey, respect your life, you know. And they'd be like, it's okay. We'll go to heaven. We'll be with God. Yes, but... <laughs> You are called to respect your life in the here and now, you know. So I had to hammer that message home a bit more than I initially thought I'd have to. There's an old proverb that says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. It assumes that earthly pleasures we'll ever enjoy are only obtained now. We also need to sacrifice and suffer and die to ourselves. All of it is the gospel. Yes, we can eat. Yes, you can drink and you can be merry, but you also need to hold it in balance that there's times of suffering and there's times of sacrifice and you will have to die for yourself when you're following Jesus. Both can be true. The more I've journeyed towards heaven in my mind, it's really releasing earthly things over me. Some days I want to sell out and get a nine-to-five job, move to the beach and just joy God in nature, to be honest. That's my, like, happy place is, like, being on the beach or being in beautiful mountains. Those are the things where I feel most deeply connected to God. But that is not what he's asked me to do. He's asked me to get involved in the mess of the world. He's asked you to get involved in the mess of this world. You see, treasure in heaven is not selling out for a comfortable life. It's going into dark places. I felt like God gave me a nice picture of this yesterday. We all know that Jesus came into the mess. Um, You are like a torch. You see, you don't need a torch when it's light. If I put a torch around now on the ground, it would make absolutely no difference to what you could see. Unless it was a very powerful torch, you probably wouldn't even see the effects of it. And when we get to heaven, God's light is going to be so vast, so bright, that we're not going to need to be lights in heaven. God is the light. Yet on earth, he calls us into dark places. And we are the people that light it up. You are a torch here, because you have Holy Spirit living in you. God's light on earth is you. You are the torch. You get to show other people the way. You are needed to bring your whole self to light up the dark places that God's called you to go and be in. Holy Spirit lives within you and he lights you up. 
not just for the benefit of you, but to show the way to the Father. Maybe you need to cultivate a desire for heaven to shift your perspective off this world and onto the next so that you know what, what are we inviting people into? Yeah, we know that we're inviting them into relationship with God, but what is their eternity? What is their future? What is our hope in heaven? I recommend a book if you want to find out more about heaven. It's called Heaven. And... <laughs> It's by a guy called Randy Alcorn, and it's about this thick. <laughs> and I'm, like, working my way through it on Kindle. Um, but it basically, it takes all the passages from the Bible that are about heaven, and it kind of knits them all together to create a picture of what heaven is like. And I found this really helpful, and it's also awakened an excitement in me about my eternity. When I know that I'm investing into heaven, I want to know what I'm investing into. What will the riches be in heaven? Maybe you feel confused about your identity. Maybe you need to take time out of the noise, out of the distractions of this life. And like I was saying about going to see the northern lights, maybe you need to just take some time out and be with God. If you've never done this, I wholeheartedly recommend you doing it or even just getting away for 24 hours to a place where you can just retreat and be. I really struggled with the idea of this. As someone who's extrovert and enjoys being around people, the idea of it terrified me. <laughs> I didn't want to go and be alone. I wanted to be with people. But I, the first time I did it, it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had with God. There was such a joy in connecting with him and realizing that, Earthly stuff is just so insignificant compared to the surpassing glory of knowing him. Maybe you feel confused about your identity. Maybe you need God to speak into who you are and what he's called you to be. I needed to hear from God that he had called me to be a leader because I couldn't understand that with my own understanding. I needed his voice on that. He's called you to be light. Maybe you need to know where he's called you to be working and moving. What bit of darkness has he called you to light up? Maybe you need to remember that your identity is not served, but serves him. We're supposed to look different to the world. We're not supposed to blend in. If we blend in, then we can't be liked. Our identity changes once we come into relationship with Jesus. And neither should we try to be the same as people in the world. If we do, to be honest, we'll be totally insignificant. We won't be light if we try to blend. God said to me a year ago, I want the whole, not pieces. If you want to give yourself in pieces, find another God to serve. That was a hard thing to hear. <laughs> If you want to give yourself in pieces, find another God to serve. You see, God doesn't want pieces of us. He wants the whole of us. And yes, that is a journey to continually giving over pieces of us. I'm not saying that from word go, we're all there and we've arrived. Of course not. Every day, we're dying to ourselves. We're giving him more pieces. But it needs to be the journey. It needs to be the direction we're traveling in. Giving everything for him. Storing our treasure in heaven 
not being double-minded about everything we hold and everything that we do. And if we want to see this world change this week, we need to be fully on board with going after treasure in heaven. There's no time to pursue earth's treasures anymore. We don't have time for this. If we do, people around us won't have a good ending in their lives. Our heart needs to be on him and bringing them into freedom. You may get good stuff through the blessing of God because he is a good gift and he loves to give us good gifts and that's all great. But we don't look upon those and we don't hold them tightly. We're always ready to give up whatever he gives us. A.W. Tozer says, In nature, everything moves in the direction of its hungers. In the spiritual world, it's not otherwise. We gravitate toward our inward longing, provided that, of course, those longings are strong enough to move us. In nature, everything moves in the direction of its hungers. In the spiritual world, it is not otherwise. We gravitate toward our inward longing, provided, of course, that those longings are strong enough to move us. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were so secure of our identity being in him that everywhere we went just lit up? Well, that is what is truth. We just need to get our heads in gear and realize that, that he in us makes us light up. It's good news to the world around us. Let's pray. That our identity is a child of God. First and foremost, before everything else. That we all share that one thing in common, that we are your children. God, I pray that you will Reveal to us how to not be afraid of darkness, but to be light in darkness. God, I pray that we won't hold on to things for fear that you won't provide or that we need to provide for ourselves. God, will you take us on a journey where we are so willing to just lay everything down for the glory of you. God, I pray that we won't look for earthly crowns or earthly riches. And God, if we don't even know where to start with this today, I just pray for the next step. Thank you that your Holy Spirit leads us and invites us into a good journey with this. I pray that you will, by your Spirit, just put in everyone's heart here What is next? I pray that we will keep giving you piece after piece after piece of our hearts and lives. That we will be a people that are so focused on heaven that we're not pulled down, that we're not held by the stuff of this world. Pray that our lives will be to your glory, to your pleasure. And God, will you reveal to us what heaven is like so that we don't feel disconnected 